actually talking. Hi guys, how's it going? Hi, doing pretty good. I know uh, I've been. Uh, it's been a long day. It's been. I, I went to work, and then I, uh, and then I woke up. <laughs> I, I think I was awake while driving. At least, I hope so. But it's all the highway. It's all straight line. Who cares? As long as I got, I got there safe. We're all good. All right. We're in the made for this series, as you guys all know. And tonight's message, we're, going, we're calling it Closer in Prayer. Closer in Prayer. So, last week we learned the purpose in prayer and how it's an essential part of our faith. This week I want to talk to you about being close to God. We are closer to God in prayer. So, have any of you ever texted somebody and they left you on red? In fact, I have another question. Have you ever texted me? It's about the same thing. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not the best at communicating. It, it's, sometimes you feel like you get left on red. Other times you really were left on red. I'll have picked up my phone, been like, oh, look, that's interesting. And that's the end of it. <laughs> I don't mean that in a mean way. It just, it's, it's what happens sometimes. Luckily, the, the person that we pray with, sometimes we feel like we've been left on red, but I promise he does more than I do with what you've said. <laughs> when we pray to God in Jesus' name, he is faithful to hear and, here's the key part, answer our prayers. He's a lot better than I am at that. First off, if you're praying to me, you're not going to get a lot. Right now, I've got like 20 bucks. I've got a car, but you're not getting it. <laughs> But if you pray to God, he's faithful to answer. He hears and answers our prayers through the Holy Spirit. So I've spent a lot of my life praying, a lot of my life dedicated to worship, dedicated to diving in deeper with God. That's how I got here. That's how I developed my relationship with Christ. And one of the times that really helped me to stay faithful and to pray and to not give up even though it really felt like I needed to give up, was during the internship. I, uh, for the first couple months, it was fine, except for the fact that my car was totaled, I was broke, and uh, I was cut hours at work. But that was fine, it was fine, it was fine. And then it got worse. <laughs> so by the second semester, I had no opportunity to pay for college. I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna have to drop out. But God was like, no, no, you're, you're not dropping out. And he had somebody from the church anonymously gave the entirety of my tuition for that semester. God answered the prayer for me in that time of need when I had no chance. Because I, on my own, well, I'd be pretty dumb. <laughs> and I wouldn't know any of the stuff that I've learned about through the internship, through pursuing a degree in ministry leadership the Lord really helped me to have even a chance to do that because that's what he wanted me to do and I chased after him. Oftentimes in our communication with God, we feel like we're taking two steps backwards and like we, we, we take two steps forward, then we take two steps back and we're like, well, we didn't get anywhere. Then we take two more forward and we take one back. Well, we got a little, one little more forward. But sometimes we take two forward and we take three back. We feel unheard, unseen, and that our prayers don't even matter. 
But what would our prayer life look like if we actually believed in God, that he not only hears us, but he cares for us and loves us deeply? It could change everything. Prayer only ever moves you forward. It never moves you back. It only brings you closer to God. It is great news that this is not contingent on how we feel about our circumstances. It doesn't matter how you feel. When you pray, you're getting closer to God. You may not feel it. It doesn't always seem that way, but God hears you and he acknowledges you and he loves you through and through. We're gonna talk about the prayer of a guy named Jairus and how Jesus answered, but not how you'd expect. We're gonna go into, uh, I think it's, is it Matthew or Mark 21? Mark, Mark, yeah, that's right. It's, it's up there. I've got it here, but for some reason it says 21, which is a great verse. I, I love 21, um, but there's no Bible, like, you know, book name. There's no, there's no book name and there's no chapter, but don't worry. It's up there, so we're good. 521, there we go. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, right onto the ground. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. And even just in that small portion right there, we can see just how much faith he has in Jesus. He doesn't even question whether or not Jesus can do it. He just asks him to do it because he knows that when he comes to Jesus, that when he pursues Jesus and he asks for him, right then and there, Jesus can answer that prayer. He knew he had full faith in God's ability to answer that. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. We're not gonna go into too deep what that means, but take a gather, gander. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Just like that. She didn't cry out. She didn't constantly pray for months and months. She just reached out and touched for Jesus, reached out for Jesus. And immediately, it was gone, just like that. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? See, God, Jesus, in that moment, he had sensed that someone had reached out for him for healing, not just somebody in the crowd bumping shoulders because you're all busy and you're all stuck together but somebody had intentionally reached out to Jesus and he knew it. He kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, they said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? You see, the people in the crowd, the, the people who came, 
they didn't have the same faith that Jairus and Jesus. They didn't believe that anything could be done when she was dead. They're like, it's already over. It's, it's, we give up. But Jesus told them, don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and he said to them, why all the commotion and wailing? This child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. They're like, what? That's impossible. That can't be true. But after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him. And he went into where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old at this time. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. See, the answer to Jairus's desperate plea was originally about the fact that she was sick. So when that didn't happen, she wasn't healed while she was sick. She died. It took longer than they intended because Jesus wasn't there on time, at least according to people. According to man, it wasn't there on time. But Jesus' timing isn't our timing. I wonder if, but for a moment, he even thought that the interruption from the bleeding woman stole from his miracle. Like maybe he thought, oh, somebody else stole my miracle. But that wasn't true. Jesus is more powerful than one person's miracle. Like the pain that he must have felt in verse 35, when they said to him, your daughter is dead, why bother the teacher anymore? But Jesus proves to them that it is not too late and that death is not the final answer. Your prayers are not a bother to Jesus. When our prayers don't get answered right away, we need to trust God's will and his timing. So often we want to pray for something and we're like, but I want it, uh, like, how about Friday? And if it's any later than that, it's just not going to happen. I just give up. But God's like, no, no, no. <laughs> what? You're telling me I can't do it Saturday? <laughs> like, it's not possible? God's power doesn't bide by our timing. How often do we feel that way in our situations, that there is no hope, so why bother God anymore? We cannot afford to lose hope in Christ. We have to know the power of a persistent prayer. There's one last verse section we want to look at in 1 John. And it says this, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us, we know he hears us when we make our requests. We also know that he will give us what we ask for. Maybe not in the way that we think he will, but he will give us what we ask for. A couple of closing questions before we go into prayer as the worship team kind of gets ready to come around. Um, so are you drawing close? Are you choosing not to give up and to persistently pray and to be in intentional proximity with Jesus? Like, do you take time outside of Wednesday, outside of scheduled prayer? Like, when you're, when you're at church, this is good. This is really good time 
You need this. But when you're at home, when you aren't here, God's power doesn't diminish. It doesn't disappear. You still need to develop, pursue God through everything. Jesus is there on Saturday. He's there on Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, Sunday. Every day. There's no day that Jesus is not there with you. You can study God's word. Dive into his word. The Bible has so many different things to teach you. It's still relevant to this day. It might be a little hard to read. Sometimes you might be like, what does this mean? But seek after answers. Find it from elders. Have them help you. Ask your friends to help work through a passage. Don't give up just because you don't understand it on your first read. Ask for help. Ask Jesus to provide you with guidance. Ask him to help you to understand what it is that he's saying, what it is that his words mean. And then stay in God's community. And staying in God's community, that's what you're doing right now. Come to church on Wednesday. Come to church on Sunday. And if you can, take other time throughout the week. Gather with a group of friends who are all Christians and who value the same things and are in the relationship with Christ and work with them. Maybe go through a Bible study. Maybe just worship. Maybe just hang out, but in the knowledge that you all believe in Jesus and that you're all in fellowship together. We do not have to strive to produce what will happen naturally when we spend time with the Holy Spirit. All right, I'm gonna close in prayer and the worship team will start. Jesus, I pray that students would have a revelation tonight and throughout the rest of the week of how you hear their prayers, of how you acknowledge us, of how you listen, no matter how we feel or how it seems, I pray that your spirit would help us to abide in you, God, that we would pursue you with everything that we have, with everything that we are, God. Lord, that your word would be powerful in this place, Lord. We would acknowledge your presence, not just on Wednesday, not just on Sunday, but when we get up in the morning, when we lay our head to rest at night, God, your presence is there with us. You never leave us alone. You're there to guide us, to love us, to keep us close. And sometimes life gets hard, but Lord, when times get hard and we don't know what to do, help us to cry out to you, to grow closer to you in prayer, Lord. And even when times are good, Lord, help us to draw close to you. Lord, I pray that we would never lose our passion for you, God. No matter the time, no matter the day, Lord, that we would seek after you with everything that we have. Let your presence overwhelm us here tonight. And as we go into prayer and to, into worship, Lord, help us to be unashamed of passionately pursuing you. With arms open wide, Lord, let us pursue you in full surrender to your presence, God. Thank you for everything you're gonna do tonight. In your holy name, amen.